at the end of the day, I always tell my athletes, like, look, you are in charge of your health care, but look at all the people that are on your side to help you through it. Um, and that includes coaches as well. Like, I found that I've worked with really, really awesome coaches, and health and safety comes first, and then who they are as an athlete comes second. Um, I always say, like, my number one thing is that you were my athlete, you got hurt, your health and safety is priority, and then I'm your number one fan afterwards. Well, hey, welcome back to the Better Fitness Proof Podcast, where this is our second take because the first time I didn't hit record. Uh, so I'm, I'm joined here by one of our amazing members, Kayla. Kayla, can you introduce yourself to everybody and tell us about you? Yeah, um, I'm Kayla, and I am currently an athletic trainer at Drexel University. Yes, Drexel University. So yeah. that journey to Drexel University has been some, quite the journey. So tell us about that journey. Yeah, um, I took a really big leap of faith in the middle of the pandemic and quit my full-time job decided it wasn't the place for me and I wanted to move on and this was the time for me to do it. Um, I decided to go back to school as well and then Drexel posted this position and we're looking for more athletic trainers to fill their springtime needs since every sport was playing in the spring. Um, and I jumped in and got the job, took advantage of it and um, really fell in love with the people, um, the teams, the athletes, just the community and culture there. Um, and Sadly, it ended in May, but then they were able to bring on two more positions, and I had stayed connected and in touch, and I was like, hey, like, is this something that would be right for me? And they were like, 100% apply. And I was like, awesome. And uh, fast forward, and uh, I'm, I'm there working full time, and it's been wild, but it's been good. It's been good. Yeah. Yeah. So as an athletic trainer, and I think we should, I think we should clarify for everybody who's watching, so a lot of people think, and this is... This is a burn on you. Not on me. This is a compliment to me. A lot of people think that I'm an athletic trainer because I am an athlete who does training and right. coaches, but that's not the case. No. So athletic trainers and personal trainers are very different, but we do a lot of similar things. Um, so an athletic trainer is a medical professional that is trained in acute and emergency care, um, treatment and rehab. We do a little bit of strength and conditioning as well. We like to call it like a reconditioning, which is like a return to play aspect of it. Um, we do a little bit of everything everywhere. Um, traditionally they say we work with, we work with a physically active, so not just athletes. Um, so there are athletic trainers in all settings from colleges, high schools, Middle schools, um, they are now more prevalent in the industrial setting, so working in factories and things like that. Um, I have a couple of friends that work in the industrial setting. Um, and they do more of like that acute care in addition to like ergonomics. So how can we adjust your positioning on the, on the line so that we're not increasing low back pain or you have a shoulder injury, how can we adjust? Um, so athletic trainers are everywhere. Um, all the time. You may not always know that that's an athletic trainer because we, we're kind of like chameleons. We kind of morph into wherever we are. <laughs> like chameleons. Yeah. Um, and we do a lot of things a lot of the time. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a little bit of what an athletic trainer is. I could talk for hours about what an athletic well, trainer is. That's what we're is, here so. for. Like, I want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and well, I want to jump in here and, um, also for the, for like the layman's who are listening, yeah. the ones who like need to know what that means, like an athletic trainer 
in, in, in at least in my perspective and correct me if I'm wrong an athletic trainer is like is just um, is a medical professional who is the athlete or the active form of someone who will work with you in a physical therapy setting so a physical therapist and an athletic trainer are very similar in a lot of ways yeah we it's funny you say that we us and physical therapists sometimes butt heads because yeah. we are so similar yeah. um, the only thing that really generally differentiates between the of us we are the first person that an athlete sees mm-hmm. so we are that immediate first responder of most of the time first responding care to a significant injury and that pt is either getting them a little bit later so some of that healing is already taking place or they get them post-op um so the injury that had occurred had already been repaired um we can also do post-injury we can also do post-surgical which is probably one of my favorite things to do is post-surgery um but I need to like let go and like PTs are really great at post-surgical care. So like I'll let them handle a lot of that too. (laughs) Um, It's knowing when like my scope kind of runs out a little bit and knowing when they'll be beneficial. Um, We always, I personally practice in like the more the merrier, right? So big team aspect. So I want the PT, I want the OT if needed. I want the strength and conditioning coach. And I want all those summaries. Oh, sorry. Um, physical therapist, occupational therapist, um, which does more of a, like call them like life activities. So like writing or relearning how to walk using stairs. Um, they're not as heavily in athletics, but they can be part of it as well. Um, a lot of occupational therapists do a lot of hand therapy as well, which is super beneficial to our athletes that sustain hand injuries. Um, but yeah, I also like to have strength and conditioning coach on my team, the sports psychologist, the nutritionist. Um, and at Drexel, we all work in the same building, so it's, and we all communicate, so that's what's really awesome. Um, team physician is also super beneficial, not only because they can get us x-rays and prescriptions easy, but like they're another sounding board. They're like, hey, did you think about this? Or hey, I'm concerned about these things. Did you see this as well? Um, so there's a constant line of communication between everybody 100% of the time. Um, so that's what I like as well um, because at the end of the day I always tell my athletes like look you are in charge of your health care but look at all the people that are on your side to help you through it um, and that includes coaches as well like I found that I've worked with really really awesome coaches and health and safety comes first and then who they are as an athlete comes second um, I always say like my number one thing is that you were my athlete, you got hurt, your health and safety is priority, and then I'm your number one fan afterwards. Hmm. Um, so I like, that. I like that. I tell them that, and they, like, roll their eyes when I say that. I'm like, I will be on the sideline just as excited as you are when we're going to the, to the championship game, but I'm also, my first thought is, are you safe out there? Are you healthy enough? Not only for you, but for everybody around you. Because mm-hmm. um, if you're not at your highest performance peak, you're not going to help the team and you might hurt someone along the way and you might hurt yourself a little bit more too. So I want them to be as best as they can be in order to perform at the level they are used to and maybe even better. You are so passionate about it and it comes through in your energy. And I mean, I knew this about you that you love what you do, Yeah. but it's great hearing it again from in this perspective because I like I knew these things, but hearing it and the way you, and the way you explain it really truly shows that you care and it's and it's. I think this is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on this podcast is because you bring a different element to our experience as as a coaching facility and as a healthcare facility. We are we are that we are right. not. Even though everyone calls it a gym, we are a healthcare facility that really prioritizes your health in the movement aspect and the health aspect in the um, recovery and the nutrition. All those different components that you just said have these 
that these collegiate teams, Drexel has an OT, a PT, an, an AT. You have a sports psychologist. You have a nutritionist. You have all a physician. All these things that are there for an athlete. That if one thing happens, an injury happens, all those people are there to help that one person. And and the communication between your staff is probably so vital to how well the athletes perform because you're all in the same building. So you're in the same building for a reason. You can communicate, but you're communicating really well so the athletes can continue to perform at their best level. Yeah. And I'm relating this now to like to like BOB, whereas we as coaches all have our own unique backgrounds and we all come together on a weekly basis and talk about these things. But Nick specifically is a fellow yeah. athletic, licensed athletic trainer like you. Yeah. And it's funny, sometimes when, if Nick and I are in the same room, we talk about athletic training more than I work out. Um, he's like, yeah. did you see this new article? Or did you listen to this other podcast That's about X? And I'm like, no, I didn't send it to me. And like, <laughs> send me a podcast. Um, but no, like that's something that, that I really liked about when I first started here. I was like, I liked that. I liked the fact that you knew, know every single person's name. And you have hundreds Hundreds of people that come to the whoa, door. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're trying to break down. We have, we have, we have had lots of people come through in the time. You've sure. Because you've been here for a little while yeah. now. It's been a little more than a few months. It's yeah. Been a couple years now. So like, yeah. We've had hundreds of people come through in that time, but right, right now we're only serving about a hundred adults. So we're really it's still, small. It's still a lot of people though to remember every single person's name, and like, not this is gonna sound really bad, but like, what's wrong with them, right? Like, yeah. what are their ailments? What are their what are their needs? And not only that, but you know, like a little bit about their personal lives too, which I think is super awesome and why, why I've stayed, right? Um, and it's kind of the community that I create as I go along too. So I think you and Drexel align in that way, um, which is why I'm comfortable everywhere, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. But that's what I also wanted to say for you is, is like what your, your experience as an athletic trainer being in this kind of facility, like, you know, the, you know, the mechanics of lifting, you know how to exercise, you know, the, like, you know, this stuff, yeah. but I think you're part of this community because for you, there is that extra level of like, this is something you could take and use in your profession, like oh, the yeah. experience and the interactions and the things that like you're picking up that you do pick up on that you carry over. I'm sure you probably yeah. know all your athletes names, you probably know yeah. what ailments <laughs> they've had, what injuries they've had, what they've sustained, what issues they're going through currently. I'm yeah. sure you know all of if not all, most, most. mostly yeah. all of them. Because I mean, there's hundreds, probably a thousand. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the teams. I only have, I only have, I only have like 45 athletes that I'm responsible for. Only 45. Only 45. Yeah, only 45. Only 45. Plus like all the teammates. Plus the teams the, that come in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all randomly. the teams that come through. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're there, and you're on the field not only for Drexel, but also I'm sure you probably are working co- like every team has their own personal trainer. Or um, excuse me. Excuse me. Whoa. Whoa. Pump breaks. Um, athletic trainers. And personal athletic trainer. Personal there athletic you go. trainer. Yes. <laughs> but you probably still have to work alongside with the other teams as well. So you're working with the, all the 45 year athletes plus the teams plus the visiting teams or the teams you're working with. Yeah. Teams. Yeah. So um, at Drexel, we really prioritize teamwork and team effort. Um, so there are a lot of times where like, so everyone has a primary sport and like a secondary sport. So my primary sport is women's lacrosse. But women's lacrosse? Women's lacrosse. Okay. So they're, they would be considered primary because they're high impact, high collision. They require someone out, outside at all times during their games and practices. Um, my secondary sport is men's and women's tennis. Don't necessarily need me every day, but if say I have lacrosse practice in the morning and tennis doesn't go until the afternoon, 
we all kind of work together and like, hey, so-and-so's coming in. This is what's going on. Do you mind setting them, them up with this? Or do you mind taking a look at them? They complained about this earlier. and I'm just not going to be here when they're able to come in. Um, and we all do that for each other. Um, I had a coworker who had to go pick up her son from daycare because he was sick. And she's like, hey, basketball's off today, but like I have one girl coming in. Do you mind just checking out? I'm like, yeah, not a problem. Go pick up your sick kid. Like, it's not a big deal. Um, so we all do that for each other, which I think has made work a little bit easier, a little bit lighter. Um, we always say anybody that comes into the room can check in with anybody. Um, yes, we prefer you to go to your assigned athletic trainer, but we have a crew team and there's 50 people on that team and like the athletic trainer for that team can't handle them all coming in at once. So we all kind of share the load a little bit and uh, take care, take care of each other and, and each other's responsibilities um, to kind of make things just flow a little bit easier. Teamwork makes the dream work. A hundred, percent. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. I'm going to literally get that, like that quote tattooed down your arm. That's like, <laughs> that is part of our entire here. This, this community as like being part of a team here with all the other coaches, um, my household, like we say it to our kids, we say yeah. and I say it together, but like that literally is what teamwork makes the dream work in every aspect of life. Yeah. So I want to get into a couple of things with you, but I think I want to take a different approach here. Instead of going like the personal route, I want to talk more like, like I want to talk a little more about like what as an athletic trainer, what benefits you've seen and like what you know like people in general, adults could be doing that are same as athletes that is going to help either way. So like, what are some tips that you have as an athletic trainer for adults training who are coming out of injuries? Yeah. Um, I think the most important thing overall is just making sure that you are listening to your body. Um, I tell my athletes this all the time. I'm like, I'm not inside of you. I can't, I'm not feeling what you're feeling. Um, you need to be a hundred percent honest with me and hundred percent honest with yourself. Um, because if something does hurt or bother you or feel uncomfortable or is not a normal movement that you've done before and something just feels off, it, it probably is. So taking a step back is okay and reevaluating it and really listening to yourself and being able to process kind of what you're feeling. Um, I always tell tell people to do like a head-to-toe check-in, right? Like if you like fall a or a head-to-toe check-in. Oh, I like that. Yeah, okay. so like if you... I typically do it when, like, somebody, like, falls on the field or, like, gets hurt while playing. Like, if you go down, do a head-to-toe check-in. Is my head okay? Yep. Is my shoulders okay? Yep. Arms, ankles, wrists, knees. Just go straight down your body and just do, like, a mental quick check-in. And if everything seems to be, like, okay or where it's supposed to be, great. Pop back up and let's keep going. But if something feels off, then you are identifying specifically what is wrong. Right, so sometimes we get caught up in the overall just like pain or discomfort of the injury, and it's kind of fully immersive in our body and kind of taking over 100%. When you do that head-to-toe check-in, you can fully isolate like, okay, this is fine, but this is what I'm feeling and where I'm feeling it. Um, that way you can specifically address the, the issue and adapt what you need to change so that it can not feel that way or take the next steps to change movement or things like that. I like that. The head to toe check-in because it's major and, and, you know, training adults yeah. who are like, unfortunately fitness culture and like this terrible social media culture that has been created over these past few decades of like sharing workouts and showing workouts and like YouTube and Instagram and all the different things that exist. Like people think it's this idea of like, 
workout, 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 go, go, go as hard as you can, as hard as you can, as hard as you can. And even if you have those limiting factors mentally, physically, you, you also think that you need to do that. And physically, you may not be ready to do that. Right. And so having that head-to-toe check-in should better, or at least I hope that people after hearing this, take notes, <laughs> write this down, write this down right now if you're listening or watching. But the head-to-toe check-in is crucial to making sure that you're not just pushing, pushing, pushing. Like you have yeah. to slow it down. Yeah, and I, I can't emphasize enough that like slowing down isn't, isn't a stop. It's not a stop. That's, it's at the gym right there. It's a slow down. It's a slow down. Yeah. It's not a stop. You're not, you're pumping the brakes a little bit, but you're not parking the car. Right. Yes. So mm. you're welcome. Oh, wait, wait, say that again. Say <laughs> that again. You're pumping the brakes a little bit, but you're not parking the car. So good. So good. Kayla. <laughs> I'm super cheesy. It's, it's fine. so good. Keep the cheese going. I like uh, it. But yeah, like uh, for me personally, I've had some slowdowns. So give me an example. Give me um, one. So I, as you know, I was a collegiate athlete all four years. Well, people who are listening. Oh, sorry, don't know. people don't know. I was a collegiate athlete all four years of college. All four years. What'd you do? Um, I played field hockey. Okay. Um, and for those who don't know, it's a little bit more aggressive than it looks. Um, I know Lynn knows. Um, but so I played all four years and had my fair share of injuries. And um, there were times where I did not slow down at all and just kind of trucked through and it was probably not the best idea um take me back to that time sure let's see uh i'll say my i'll go back to my senior year final year last four weeks i fractured my thumb fractured your thumb yes okay fracture right right at the tip to a point where like if anything had shifted i would have required surgery like it was like you're done you need to see a hand specialist this is, they call, my favorite was, they quote, called it a ticking time bomb. And I was like, I don't like that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was, it was devastating both like physically it hurt because there's no, your thumbs are small and there's nowhere for the swelling to go. And so it sits at the top and then just like pulsates and your hand's swollen. And I didn't realize how swollen I was until I saw the picture the next day. My mom's like, yo, your hand was big. <laughs> I was like, all right, fine. Um, so physically it was, it was painful. It's probably top two painful things I've ever experienced. Um, and then like mentally it, I took a toll. Like my mom said, she's like, if they told you you weren't going to play, I was going to have to like bring you home because I was nervous for you. Um, because field hockey had been my entire life. Um, and it'd been my entire life since I was eight. So like it was already coming up to that time where like it was ending. We were coming to an end. I'm getting too old for this. (laughs) Um, Everything hurts all the time. And so that was like a really big pause for me. Um, I was a three-year captain. So it was my fourth year as a ca- my third year as a captain. And so I had a lot of pressure from like having to lead the team, having to then perform before I got hurt, right, and play well. Um, and so then I got hurt and it was just like, whoa, pump the brakes, slow down a little bit. This, this is serious. This like no one wants thumb surgery I was really annoyed not gonna lie I was like I can't believe I'm getting my senior season is over because I broke my thumb I'm like couldn't have broken an ankle torn an ACL like I was so dramatic I was so dramatic dramatic, I was so dramatic my My athletic trainer was like are you serious right now and I was like as a heart attack as a heart attack because I didn't like when you're looking at severity of injuries right like it is a thumb it is a digit on your hand and it's so small and so obsolete that like it didn't seem significant to me it didn't seem big 
Um, but in reality, when you don't have a thumb, you can't put socks on. So right? it was a big deal. I couldn't, I couldn't put my hair in, hair in a ponytail. I had to call my friend who lived downstairs. I'm like, can you come put my hair up before class? Because I couldn't grip, I couldn't grip anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't open like a package of like chicken to grill <laughs> because mm-hmm. I need both thumbs. Um, so there were some like limitations I had, not only because I was splinted but because of pain lack of range of motion and because I had this thing that was so sensitive that like any shift was going to be like all right you're immediately going to surgery like we can't have your bones not aligning anymore so this is in the final four weeks of your senior final year, four weeks of my senior year third year's captain third year's captain so what happened what'd you do so um went to my hand specialist and I love him he's great Where, uh, who's this um Dr. Booty at Rothman I'm not sponsored but he's a great guy okay. um he, he didn't beat around the bush. He was like, you want to play? And I was like, ideally. He goes, all right, it's going to hurt. And I was like, okay. He goes, anything shifts, we gotta, we have to put pins in. I go, okay. He goes, I need to see you every two weeks. And I go, okay. And so he's like, all right. So they mold, I went down to the occupational therapist downstairs. She molded a splint in the shape of my stick. And I played the next four weeks. Um, I regretted playing. So I got hurt on a Saturday. Had x-rays on a Sunday at an urgent care, like an orthopedic urgent care. Saw hand specials on a Monday. We had a game on Tuesday. Oh I played in that game on Tuesday. Oh, my God. Regretted it. Regretted it. Regretted it. Okay, my, take note of that. My, the diehard hockey <laughs> die player. I regretted it. My thumb hurt so bad. I couldn't. So I practiced that Monday. It was like a non-contact practice. I go, nobody touch me. Mm. Nobody come near me. I call, like, one of my friends... She had graduated the year before me, and she was just like a volunteer coach. And she was at practice. I go, I need you to hit balls at me. She was like, what? And I was like, I was a defender, so I need to be able to stop balls and clear them out. So I'm like, I need you to just slam them as hard as you can because I need to adjust how I'm holding my stick because any type of, like, rattling shakes the bones and rubs them. Mm. And so that's what causes the pain. So I was like, I need you. So 20 minutes just slamming them down, and I was like adjusting how I'd receive, adjusting how I would like hold my stick. I ended up shifting my stick. So typically you hold it in this part of your hand here. Mm-hmm. My splint was was made to this. They called me the claw. <laughs> <laughs> um, I ended up shifting my stick to sit in this part of my hand and would receive this way, so it didn't hit oh my, my thumb. Yeah, yeah, there are pictures. It's it's not pretty. So that first game was rough, but I adjusted, and uh, you know I think it was something that made me better not only as like a human being but as a as a player um a little bit of adversity is always good and that first game I probably should have taken more Advil than I did um or not played that's we're not played if my right. if an athlete listen no play pump the brake pump the brake not parking the one car, game right? one game out it's not the death of you mm-hmm. which I only missed one game in my four years there okay I was you know that was my goal um but yeah no I Generally, overall, it was, I regretted not playing, playing that first game, but as time went on, I adjusted and became comfortable and, um, I don't regret playing through the rest of my season. Um, one game wouldn't have been the end of the world, but it would have been the end of the world to at that time, Kayla, Mm -hmm. um, because it was the, it, because hockey was my world at that point, right? Like, yes, I was an, I was an athletic training student as well. So I was like, fully immersed in everything 100% of the time. I yeah. still had to go to clinical with a broken thumb. <laughs> like, Good. they were not letting me slide. I was like, my thumb hurts. They're like, no. Good. Please go do Graston on that person. Right. I just did Graston for days because the only thing I could do, I couldn't do like any like manuals. Mm-hmm. So it was just like soft tissue mobilization stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah, no, it was. So what's your biggest takeaway from that? Like what, what's, what's, what did you learn from that experience? Yeah. Um, I think for me, it, it helped me professionally, um, being able to connect with my athletes, be like, look, like I was in your position. This is not that I want to like put on them, like all the fears and all the things that I had done or pressure them into making one decision over another. It's more of a like, Hey, this is what I learned in this situation. Ultimately it's your choice, but here's, here's why I've taken away. Um, so there's that helped me be a little bit more in tune with my athletes and kind of what, what they go through every day and be empathetic and compassionate towards them. And then personally, it was, it was a time for me to like really think about like, yes, end of sports were coming and that transition I knew was going to be hard. Um, but this setback was like, okay, this is what life would be like post hockey, right? This is now you need to think about, like, what's your future plans? Um, which I had to think about for, for 48 hours because <laughs> that's how long I wasn't playing for. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it, it allowed me to process. And I, I'm, a, I'm a huge processor anyway. Um, so it really allowed me to take a step back, process, and really think about what I wanted. And if this truly was the end, if this truly was going to be my final, my final game, was that Saturday when I got hit with the ball real hard? Um, what, what was I going to do now for my team, right? Like I, how was I going to be helpful from the sideline? Mm. Um, how could I help the younger girls who would be taking my spot become better and to work with the people who are in the, in the game? Um, so personally, I got a lot of time to think about that. What's my new role going to be? Um, I didn't enjoy what my new role was going to be, but, um, I definitely was able to process a little bit more and then get support from the people around me. And they were like, no, no, it's fine. Like, we'll figure out what we're going to do. So when you relate to your athletes now, what do you tell them? In, their, in a situation where they have an injury, what do you tell them? Yeah, when I told the girl today. Um, no, it's, it's hard because I don't want to project my own, my own insecurities, my own thoughts, regrets onto them. I really want it to be their own personal decision because like I said like their their health and their health care is essentially theirs mm -hmm. um, and I'm just here to help guide them and support them um, so I tell them that um, I tell them look I've experienced this these are all I give them all the outcomes like these are all the possible outcomes um, and I sometimes I even ask them like do you do you want my like personal and honest opinion sometimes they don't sometimes they just want the clinical this is Best case scenario, medium case, worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they want like, well, what do you think? That Those are my favorite. Well, what do you think? And I'm like, do you really want to know what I think? I think we should take some time off. Or I think we'll be okay. I think we need to be, there's a time and a place for pushing. And I'm like, I think this is a time to push. Or I think this is time to pull back. Mm -hmm. um, right now, my all my athletes are in like their off season, essentially a little bit. Um, men's tennis is winding down in the next couple of weeks, but everyone else is kind of like an off season. So I have girls that are injured and I'm like, do you want this to be in April? We're not in April. April is, it's crunch time. Mm -hmm. It's October. You're well, coming. the podcast here. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's, not, uh, <laughs> no, it's, okay. uh, it's, it's all good. <laughs> it's the fall. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's, it's off season, right? Mm -hmm. So I've had that conversation with the coach, but like, Hey, look, like, she's like, I don't care what happens in the fall. She's like, if you're with my athlete listening, she cares. Um, she's like, I don't care about the fall. I want everybody for the springtime. And so I tell them that, look, I'm like, look, it's the fall. It's just fall ball. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's 
it's always just volleyball and like I want you to be 100% healthy for when January hits and we start training Mm -hmm. and I don't want to be having this conversation in January while I'm holding you out from the first week of practice and so that sometimes turns a little light turns little wheels Um, I had one athlete say she was it's just she also broke her finger a couple weeks ago she was like thank god it's just volleyball and I was like Thank you. Can you make an announcement to the right. rest of our injured right. group? Because, right. and she's, she's a graduate student, senior, using her COVID year. So like, she's been, she's been around the block. And so uh-huh. she's like, yeah, it's just, it's just football. It's fine. And I'm like, sure. Little, little bit. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So for me, it's just like reassuring them that I'm here for you. Everything's okay. And if you want hundred percent honest, my opinion, great. If you don't, if you want clinical, great. I'll give you that too. It's really just kind of Whatever's going to make you feel better and help you process is what, what I'll give you. I like it. Yeah. Like, and that's, and that's, I think that's a big takeaway as we kind of wrap it up. It's that, back to your, your quote, is that you pump the brakes. You can slow it down. You don't have to park the car completely. Yeah, no. But we need to slow it down. We need to take the time. And for our adults who we train here, and you, you see it on a first hand, and you see it from a different perspective than I think a lot of people do, is that when we're addressing those injuries, we're addressing those those chronic pains, the things that people are dealing with on a regular basis, because everyone who we work with, like one out of 10 of them is like in like a really fit, like shape. Like I'm not not injured. I don't have a lot of things going on. There aren't complications, right? But everyone else has something going on. There are other complications that come up. And the hardest conversation to have with an athlete, we have adult athletes is like, look, just slow down. Yeah. Everyone thinks go, 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 go all the time, but it's not the case. Yeah. Slow it down. Take the time. Enjoy the scenery. <laughs> take the scenic route. I like know. take your time. Yeah. So that way when it's time to put the pedal to the metal, you can. Yeah. So in, in your athlete's case, pedal to the metal for is in the spring for a spring ball. But you want to pedal metal then. Now right. take your foot off the gas, coast it out. Maybe just pump the brakes a little bit so you're slowing down a bit, but you're still moving. Yeah. And that's the goal. Yeah. No, I think, I think the members here too, like some of them get it, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Some of them need to be reeled in a little bit. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I am one of those that needs to be reeled in a little bit. Um, But I think that you all do a good job of like checking in and really that's the most important key part is like constantly checking in, not only for you Mm -hmm. to know like kind of what's going on, but for the person themselves, right? Because we're not always checking in with ourselves. And so having somebody else really check in is, is beneficial too. And, um, yeah, it's, it's good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Well, so Kayla, let's do this. Um, we'll wrap it up here with, I want you to think of something. I'm going to do a quick commercial. Okay. Try to find a way we can like pay the bills maybe like just by like saying something (laughs) and maybe people like visit us and come join us. Um, but I'm going to give a little commercial and then I'm going to have you give a little speech about what you would say to maybe one of your athletes, but speak to it so the adults could hear it too. About what you would say about someone who's dealing with an injury, who's going through something challenging, mentally, physically, emotionally, all those three things put together, and like what you would say to that person if you're speaking as in your with your professional hat on. Okay? Professional hat. Okay. Yeah, professional hat on. Okay. All right. So for you, if you're hanging out with us, thanks so much for hanging out. Hey, hit the subscribe button if you're on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button if you're listening on Spotify, on Apple Music, on Stitcher, on any of the podcasting platforms. Hit that subscribe button so you know when these the podcasts come out. Give us a five-star rating. Maybe give us a little review. Comment in the comment section below about what you loved about Kayla and about what you love about the show. And um, visit bentonbetter.com for all the other details on how you can get started with us. For now, I'm going to sling back over to Kayla. Wrap us up. So what would you say to that person? What would you say to that, that person's going through some stuff? Yeah. Um, I think the first thing I would say is that um, whether it's mentally, physically, or emotionally, um, 
creating a support system is key. Um, and you don't have to do anything alone. Um, there's always someone that's there to help them, help you, um, and kind of navigate what you're going through, whether it's a professional in that, in whatever's going on, or it's your next door neighbor or a friend or whatever. You don't have to go through anything by yourself or alone. Um, and that once you create that support system, you can rely on them regularly. That's all I got. That was great. I mean, that's all you got. <laughs> that's all I got. That, was, that was great, Kayla. Yeah. That was so good. Well, look, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I appreciate you. And thank you for hanging out with me, Kayla. You're oh, bomb. Thanks You're for bomb. having me. We'll see you again next time. Bye.